1: Brought to you by Sight Visibility at SiteVisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing and today I'm joined by Paul Levy, author, researcher and facilitator. Paul is a senior researcher at the University of Brighton, a facilitator at the Digital and Social Media Leadership Forum and founder of the arts magazine Fringe Review. Paul, how are you doing this fine Saturday morning?
0: I'm staring out at sunshine, which is is the, the arrival of spring, I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, I hope so. It's been a bit cold still recently, but uh, yeah. I think fringe is on the way, or even spring is on the way. Talking of fringe, tell us a bit about a little bit about fringe review because we have the uh, fringe festival here in Brighton, don't we? Tell us what the fringe review does.
0: I think that's probably why I started this particular um, conversation talking about the weather, which normally might seem like a bit of a boring thing, but actually it means a lot when we're down here in Brighton at the moment as we head into April. It's marketing time in Brighton as just about 900 events are going to take to the streets, take to social media and try and get bums on seats, people to come. And if it's absolutely pouring with rain, they have to change their strategy and it becomes a lot harder. So the relief of the sun rising is that I run Fringe Review. We go and review theatre. It's an online publication. And we get pitched at in April hundreds and hundreds of times, um, you know, for us to go and see people's shows. So how did you get started with this, Paul? Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I mean, actually, Fringe Review, that part of my life is a a bit of a hobby that's got out of control. I've been involved in theatre as a hobby for a while, and then I got a bit more seriously involved in it um, and got kind of a bit. I think upset really at the quality of journalism around theatre and how some of my friends and colleagues' shows were being trashed by very lazy writing. So I actually set up a magazine, um, it's written, and the reviewers are all theatre practitioners. And so we're not claiming to be objective, but we make, I think, a really good attempt to try and be objective um, and to write from experience, not just from whatever mood we happen to be in at the time. And so Fringe Review grew out of literally a one-page website with one review on it to now being a publication online all around the world. With about um, one hundred fifty thousand readers,
1: we'll talk about some about your, your book in a minute. But before we go on to that, social media and marketing is a big contentious subject. Uh, what's your take on selling and social media marketing, Paul?
0: Well, stepping back from the social media marketing bit and just looking at selling, some changes have happened probably since the rise of, it's a buzzword I know, but millennials, which are the the generation that have grown up since about 84. But a lot of them are the post-banking crisis. And we're even talking about generations after that now. But they have seen the rise and fall of the banks. Um, We've got, only in the news today, even our Prime Minister, defending himself against offshore investments. Yeah. You know, we, we don't trust corporations, public or private. There's a very, very high degree of mistrust. People now default to disbelieving even more than they used to around things like advertising. People assume things are hype, the promises aren't real, and that the word amazing, you know, which is used to describe everything, particularly in the world of theatre. And awesome. Yeah, and awesome. And it's just created... Um, well, it's a, there's a couple of phenomena. One is disbelief. Belief and cynicism. Um, the second one is tiredness, which leads to a sort of indifference and a turning away from this stuff. Pink Floyd called it comfortably numb. You know, we know it's there. And um, we know that advertising and marketing still work, but they work in very, very different ways. And they work less when people feel manipulated and pushed against, you know, pushed to. Um, so those models have fallen away and died. And I'd say they're actually, you know, dead in the water, really.
1: Now, in your uh, latest book, Paul. You talk about sort of concepts such as uh, wilfing, which we'll define. Sounds a bit rude, but we'll define that, and uh, digital distraction. Something that I'm sure we're all very familiar with. How do you, how do you feel that they relate to selling and marketing?
0: Well, if you just take the concept of wolfing, which which stands for what was I looking for, and anybody listening in may well have um, either consciously or subconsciously been doing this, and it's when you, know, you click on a website or you open your email and you notice that there's an advert on the right and you do actually click on it out of curiosity because it's been targeted to you and it's actually offering you a very cheap deal on, say, a memory card. And how have they got it? Well, it's because you buy a lot of memory cards um, and so they've got you and you click on it, but that actually takes you to a website that's actually offering you uh, some other stuff and you think oh it's my my mum's birthday coming up and look they've got one of those light up umbrellas or whatever you click on that before you know it two minutes later you're actually looking at you know holidays in cuba um, on special offer and you've gone way away from your original intention which was to write maybe even a work email so wilfing is where you start getting distracted now that could be benevolent if the distraction is helpful but in a lot of cases it just you just head you go wandering off and it just adds to the tiredness in a lot of cases and you, you come occasionally to a realisation that then oh I didn't write that email that I was supposed to and subconsciously you may well blame that whilfing, and again that just chips away at your distrust of of people pushing their way into your life literally into your head as you lie there in bed you switch switched your mobile phone on naughty naughty in bed maybe just to check on a message and the first thing that hits you is a pop-up advert and that is not necessarily what you want to take into your sleep particularly if it's a pop-up advert for funeral services because it's targeting you because a relative of yours died and you clicked on a link recently so wolfing is largely noise for a lot of people and you know we engage in it all the time but i don't think many people i've met enjoy it in the long run it can be fun to go surfing it can be fun to just pass a lazy half an hour but yeah. that distraction in the end becomes a bit toxic in people's lives as these are hours they simply can't get back
1: do you, do you think it's going to get worse paul because i i mean I, we, we hear a lot about beacons and like you're walking along in the shopping mall and the a, a device in the forecourts of one of the shops sort of uh detects your mobile phone and pops an ad up on your phone do you think it's going to get worse in that way well the internet
0: of things which is kind of here now but but not really here now i mean it's coming very soon is absolutely going to be the next wave to hit us and where you go and your behavior is going to be tracked that you know there's going to be legal um, issues around all of this stuff but it kind of is already happening when you buy stuff in shops you know your buying behavior anonymously is collected and it can be targeted back at you in different ways via websites for example mm. um, but yeah soon the cameras will be picking up you know what you're browsing that we've already he talked um, in the world of tech about, you know, intelligent clothing rails. You know, there are cameras that are around on screens that are just essentially collecting information that's about marketing back at you but but that's going to get I, is it worse or is it going to get better the term i heard recently at a meeting of the social media leadership forum dsmlf digital social media leadership forum was the internet of robots yeah. um, so so as security cameras don't just become security cameras but they just become sensing devices and they actually are quite intelligent what they can do is they can notice your behavior in oxford street in london that you're going in certain shops they can then communicate directly not with a human being who's going to read that another robot back in Brighton Mm. that notices that you haven't had a coffee other databases know that you do like coffee and before you know it what pops up on your phone um, is a special offer to go in the coffee place just outside the station where they're you know they're going to offer you um, a free cake with your coffee and so robots are starting to communicate with each other for good and bad reasons but these things are going to become the next wave in marketing and it is surveillance but you know it's also uh, marketing because marketing is surveillance
1: That's that's certainly uh, something worth quoting. Marketing is surveillance. So we talked about millennials, people born after 85, 84. Um, How do you think marketing marketing is... Because we've painted quite a bleak picture, haven't we, (laughs) between us this morning. How do you think marketing is going to need to change going forward?
0: I talk a lot about just two really simple words that luckily they're so simple, I don't think they're buzzwords that much, which is push and pull. Or sometimes where it's slightly more buzzy is... um, propulsion and attraction but a lot of the new businesses that millennials are setting up are not operating according to propulsion models and what propulsion is is push marketing it's Mm. about advertising it's about reach The, the language of marketing is very kind of about targets about reach about territories you know and all of that. And that's a very predatory model. It also talks about persuasion, it talks about creating desire, there's manipulation and so on. The alternative for a millennial group of people who are much much more immersed in social media than even my generation is, and I think I got quite into it when computers came along, but mm. they are the, the, the digital natives, is that they don't have a problem being 24-7 connected. In fact, they're becoming quite skilled at knowing when to switch it on and off in a lot of cases. They, uh, their work-life balance, according to a lot of research, is very, very important to them. And so they like the idea of discovering stuff and finding stuff themselves and so how do you find stuff well one way is that you push it in front of people's noses but the other is you just focus on the purpose of your business be passionate about it and doing it really well and then social media will share those stories and storytelling becomes a big part of this it's not what you share but it's what other people share that you have shared that's important that people become advocates for you out of genuine enthusiasm for what mm. you do mm. so the, the best cafes in Brighton for example and actually the best web designers and the best plumbers do not need to advertise because they're already full up in a way and they're growing because and people are saying I, I use that guy and he was really good or she was she runs the best web design company in Brighton you know and you need to go to her and so you need to be out there you need to be providing passionate good stories but you move away from a model of push 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 and reaching 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 to i know these sound slightly buzzy as well but you know emanating you know radiating yeah. what you did well yeah. through through reputation and through the resharing of what you do so social media then becomes more about other people advocating you rather than you feeling you need to excuse the language vomit your content in the form of marketing all over people
1: I love the uh, the idea of pre- people like you and me Paul slightly older generation being able to manage the fire hose because <laughs> I always think of it as, as a fire hose yeah. the, the internet and social media and stuff yeah I mean I like what you say it's very much kind of like when podcasting became quite popular and, and people were saying oh you don't have to be all salesy as long as you're And I know it was an overused word but they used the word passionate which I actually hate these days but if, yeah. if, it, if it really floats your boat if you're doing something that you believe in or your business is around something that you believe in and you emanate passion. Let's okay. Let's use that word passion. Then it's a much more human way of of or a sort of um as you say a radiating way of getting it out, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but you've also, I mean, you've got a bit of a a problem here, a paradox. Like, if you take the specific, let's get specific, the example of Facebook, uh, most people here, will, if they've been on Facebook, will have posted something, particularly on a Facebook page, if they run any sort of project or organisation, and before you're allowed to leave, Facebook puts a little message in your face and says, why don't you boost this post? You could reach another 800 people, and then it's on again, like, how am I going to reach those people with the, with the with this post? How can I push it out there further? Now... I've had lots of evidence that that works. It actually works if you're putting on a theatre show in Brighton and you post something about your show and you only reach 32 people. Mm. Well, for another £4, it tells you you can reach another 800 people. And for another £8, you can reach another 2,000 people. You can be heard by, by them. So that can work. But, mm. but you also need to ask yourself what game you're getting into if you have to do that every time what that is actually going to cost you and how sustainable that is there's a lot more evidence on the street in Brighton that on the four days of the Brighton Fringe if you get out onto the streets chatting to people and you actually start not with come and see my amazing show but are you interested in this sort of theatre and you ask a question which is more about attraction not everybody but a lot of people get curious they come over because they like being asked questions um, and then you can tell them about your show and it's a Conversation in the real sense of, a, of a two parties being involved in that. And so I, you can use the traditional models, but don't let them be your default. Use them as part of a repertoire alongside real conversation and real listening and real responsiveness and getting out there in what um, it's actually is another term, but I like it. Humble inquiry is where actually what you do, if it's a genuine response to what people really need, then you don't need to push it because you've already met a need that came out of a conversation with the human race
1: it's interesting actually paul because it sounds like the thing you just described with facebook it sounds like uh, facebook are giving you kind of like like you're a normal person you're sort of radiating stuff in a normal way at the moment but for an extra eight quid you can step onto this platform where you can become one of the spammers <laughs> is
0: yeah. that the way you see it well, in the end, isn't that happening now um, that we end up, and, and I'm guilty of it and everybody that, you know, you're telling everybody to come to your event or your party. Mm. And actually, you're being no better than a spammer when you start spraying all your Facebook friends with stuff. And it's something I'm reflecting on now, because we all get drawn into it all of the time. Um, and, and it can become a bit of a compulsion. And actually, uh, it's not really a plug for the book, but the title of my book, Digital Inferno, is was about the idea that I think we're all in digital hell at the moment, and we We're losing hours and hours of time in distraction. And actually, places like the Edinburgh Fringe that I go to, where there's over 3,000 shows, Mm. social media turns into almost a white elephant because everyone's saying amazing. The noise is too loud. And unless you've got large budgets and you, you can really reach people with lots of money, you might as well get off social media and just get out onto the streets talking to people.
1: So just to round this up, Paul, because uh, I could talk all day about this, to be honest. Let's just go back to sort of the rise of new tech and and, and sort of new things coming up on the horizon. How is marketing and advertising changing, do you think, with, with the rise of new tech? Where, where do you see it going? Well, so I was
0: recently at an event in London called um, Robots at Work, and it was – I mean, I don't use this term often mind-blowing, but I did see sort of mouths open in shock. We had some t- people there. One was a futurist talking about where this is where this is going in the future. He mentioned, you know, the internet of robots. So, you know, expect a world of marketing where well, a number of things happen. There, there's going to be the realm of 3D printing as well. So that's going to change things in a huge way. Products can actually be printed in your home. So marketing will shift there. Um, and there's going to be a lot more marketing of designs than, you know, physical products. On shelves, if 3D printing really takes off in different areas. In terms of what we glibly called surveillance, I mean, expect a world if these technologies are not governed in any particular way where that you probably won't be able to be in any space. And these might be premium spaces you pay for where you're not where your behavior isn't being collected and used for the purposes of marketing, for the mm. purposes of, of information. That's not the 1984 nightmare only. It's just functional for where marketing thinks it's heading. So they're not doing it to control your behavior in terms of your democratic rights. They just want to push you products and get you you know benevolently entangled in their relationships, so that you just buy their products all the time that's already happening as soon as you pick up your phone you know don't it you know that you're i mean unless you get very smart it is possible at the moment um, even without breaking into your phone to switch off quite a lot of the following of you but i've done that really well and i still get targeted with adverts you know on the internet yeah. so su- surveillance is going to happen but then what happens is as we start to plug into the world of tech vr really got launched for the first time properly this year with some of the headsets yeah. but when when they start to get embedded in google glass was a failure those augmented reality spectacles but new products are going to come along there will be implants for our eyes there are going to be sensory implants uh, even implants for our brains at some point and then advertising gets whispered directly into your thoughts that might sound exciting for some people and horrific for others but this is all on the horizon and it's not that far
1: away well paul certainly food for thought there thanks so much for coming on how can our listeners find out more about uh, about you and your book
0: Well, I I just look up Digital Inferno. That's the name of the book, which is the the website is digitalinfernobook.com. And um, I also have another website, cats3000.com, which is where most of my writings are. They're available freely. It does sound like I've got a dark take on the world. There's a lot of positivity in there, but it is mostly dark.
1: Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and thank you for listening, listeners. Show notes are in the usual place sitevisibility.com slash IM podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, please feel free to leave a review because we like reviews. Hopefully, that'll be a good one because it helps us to grow the audience. Uh, if you want, want to connect with me personally, I'm Dr. Pod, D O C T O R P O D, on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you've got, uh, if you want to sort of feedback to us or ask us questions, and we'll do a questions and answers, two ways of doing that. Email is podcasts at sitevisibility.co.uk. And there's a magic telephone line where you can leave a voice message, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five o. 150 Well, that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Paul.
0: Thanks a lot, and the sun is still shining. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.